When I was talking to Fiona Fraser for our Lost Art episode, she said to me that I should consider interviewing artist Gay Hawkes about her Tasmanian Museum and Art Gallery exhibition, The House of Longing. And I thought she was absolutely right, but deadlines got the better of me and I put the idea aside. But it kept popping up in my mind. So a few weeks ago, I arranged to meet Gay at her home and studio in Marion Bay. Marion Bay is a tiny beachside locality in southeastern Tasmania. And you may hear some chickens in this recording. Did you, have you always had chickens? No, only um, since I was 32. And we didn't have them at my um, home where I grew up. But I, I was a bit fascinated with them and then I started breeding them and I have done ever since. I've got a broody hen sitting now, so there'll be more. They're not actually so clever as they're canny. Yeah. And they, they come to me every afternoon about three o'clock on the dot to here and they hang around and they look up and they want a special food. Yeah. So I have to go and give them something, even if I've only got fruitcake, I have to give them a bit, because <laughs> they're, so, they're so eager. So Marion Bay is exactly nine kilometres from Dunalley, a small fishing town, which was devastated by the 2013 bushfires. It was the intensity of the fires that was the most shocking. People who thought they were ready to defend their houses suddenly realised that this was no ordinary bushfire and that nothing could save their homes or indeed their lives. They fled, often with literally minutes to spare. I have a personal connection to this disaster. My parents and my sister and her family all lived in the area at the time. My sister was evacuated twice from her home with her small children and not much else. We lost contact with my parents for 48 hours with no way of knowing whether the fire had reached their property. The last I heard of them was a phone call when they had taken their horses to Marion Bay. The wind was roaring in the background and we thought about what they should do. I was worried and it was a really incredibly stressful time. But in the end, they were okay and the house was fine. But of course, many of their friends lost their homes, as well as many other people, including Gay whose beautiful boathouse studio and home were both completely lost to the firestorm that engulfed parts of the town. I also had a whole exhibition of work in the shed. It was a very large workshop and stored a lot of stuff. I had the whole Queen of Australia show in there. And um, so sometimes I remember things that burnt, you know, a lot of really good furniture and a lot of sculpture and all those painted cloths that I'd done in different countries. Ceramic things survived sometimes, but they went black. Yeah, but I mean, I worked mainly in wood and I made all the furniture I lived with. I had some really good pieces in the shack I lived in which I'd brought over from Melbourne where I made them. And, and as I said, in the workshop, there were lots and lots of things. The, late, the last work I made 
was a huge rearing horse. It was very big and it was a cupboard as well. Yeah, it was a good piece of work. I was very pleased with it. And I didn't even have a photo of it because I, I'd just finished it and I didn't know it was going to disappear. So that's a big regret. There were lots and lots of good pieces of work in there. The House of Longing is a survey exhibition of Gay's practice, featuring works made before and after the fires. I was surprised how many works were sourced from before, shipped home to Tasmania for the exhibition. I had a lot of exhibitions on the mainland and people bought things. And the War Memorial and all the major galleries, like the um, Australian Gallery in Canberra has four pieces and um, they're, they're scattered all over from Queensland through Sydney, Melbourne, Adelaide and, um, and the War Memorial and, uh, and other things were owned by private collectors. So the TMAG accessed those things when I gave them a list and brought them over, which was a lot of trouble. And then there's the work, so they divided it into two, the work before the fire and the work after. But I, I got a shock because things were coming back in crates, you know, and then I think, oh, I remember that, and I'd forgotten. Like um, the um, Ascension of the Virgin in Collingwood on May Day, I did that sort of like, you know, as a amusing thing and really enjoyed it. When she came out of the box, I said, oh, hello, darling, and she was there. I hadn't seen it for a long time. So that was really quite gratifying. Gay's work tends to use found and repurposed materials in the grand tradition of assemblage and collage. Each work is unique in this way. I asked her if she had used any of the detritus from the fire in the works that came after. Yeah, I used a few things, but I didn't sort of dwell on it, you know, and make it into an <coughs> exhibition or anything. It came out in various ways, like that. That was a cardboard and brown paper, and it was hollow, and inside it um, there were some figures in a burning house. Um, so when you looked, you looked inside the belly, there was all this fire and, um, and these figures. And I, I brought it about just with using those bike lights that flash red. Oh, yeah. I had that inside. <laughs> and, you know, we had an exhibition straight fairly soon after and that was in it. That, those the pictures were in the little fire book mm. and I'd painted them in Georgia. I went there into Armenia um, shortly after the fire because I'd been invited already to be an artist in residence there and so I, I still went. The work made after the fires 
divides the exhibition into two distinct aesthetic halves. I was quite inspired by the buildings that were going up in Gun Alley and I like the buildings when they're just a frame. I think they're much nicer and then they put something conventional as cladding and it just looks like any old house whereas with the frame it's like a sculpture. So, um, and I was needing, well I thought I'd be needing when I got a house, um, cupboards and so rather than making lots of chairs I made more cupboards and I like to do something a bit different with them like I've got one, the people cupboards I call them, I've got one that twists so if you're making that like men do everything measured and really straight you know and they use straight timber but I've always liked to use things that have got a more movement in them and so if you're making a cupboard that's shaped like a person but then you can twist it I thought oh that'd be clever you know and I managed to pull it off and most people looking at that show wouldn't notice it but I can see this subtle twist in the cupboard and um, so I did that I think they're in there that book those people cupboards and I did the one that's the singing cupboard which um, I used at the opening to have a singer inside it who was hidden and then at a certain point the singer starts singing and then the arms come out and that's in there too and it's really quite a f strange moment because there's this cupboard and then these little arms and hands come out they're very soft and and this moving to the sit song and then eventually the front of the cupboard opens up and you can see the singer because of the materials I've used which are all found right from the beginning there's been no pressure on them using the materials when I started I was told, you know, you had to dry the timber and you had to be sort of milled, whereas I was using anything. And and it doesn't matter what you do with it because if it doesn't work out, it's kindling. And I always say that I've done a lot of teaching and I'd say, well, if you haven't paid a lot of money for the wood, it's you have no pressure and therefore you're much more relaxed and it always works out because you're not uptight you know do this black wood cost eighty dollars a piece or something because you've just but you have to love the material if I find a piece of wood that I really like then I let it tell me what to do. This interview was recorded sitting in the porch of her current home a rustic but sort of beautiful place she has built herself on the empty block. Since the fire, I've kept everything. It's sort of hoping to get a house. <laughs> because I bought this was just a roof. This wasn't here. That was a, a roof for a horse. So I've sort of made it into a home, but um, I've made all the furniture for a house. 
after the fire in the first few years sort of kept me going and I did expect to get one but the prices were going up and up and up and in the meantime I'd bought this block and sort of got stuck here because of the prices. I asked Gay where her new home would be. It exists in a lot of different places but um, I don't know. I can't find it. This has been a special bonus episode of What Are You Looking At? Gay Hawkes' exhibition, The House of Longing, continues at TMAG until the 28th of August 2022. I'd like to thank Gay for her interview. I'm Pip Stafford, and this episode was recorded and produced by me for Contemporary Art Tasmania. I realised last episode that I said we're on our seventh season. Turns out it's our eighth. You can find all past episodes of What Are You Looking At at contemporaryarttasmania.org slash podcast or search What Are You Looking At on your favourite podcast app and on Apple Podcasts. Our next episode will feature artist Grace Gamage and a lot of cool facts about spinach. <laughs>